Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. If you want discipline to feel rigid and miserable, this is not the episode for you. Because Brooke Seal, Lindsay Horton, and Camille Adams chat about the spiritual disciplines in a way that makes us want more of them in our lives. They talk about what has and hasn't worked for them, the ways they experience grace through spiritual practices, and why they know God more because of them. Rather than giving us a detailed guide to spiritual disciplines, their discussion motivates us to step into spiritual routines this fall. Here's their conversation. Hi, I'm Camille Adams, and welcome to Encourage and Equipped. Today, I am joined by my two friends, Brooke and Lindsay, and we are going to be talking about spiritual disciplines. Before we jump into our topic on spiritual disciplines, I just want everyone to know that I've had the most enjoyable time getting to know these two new friends, (laughs) and I know that you're going to be totally blessed and really enjoy hearing from them. Um, So I want you to know that uh, Brooke Seal is here with us today, and she is going to share with you what her walk-up song would be if our podcast (laughs) was one that had a walk-up song. Well, multiple people in my life uh, will appreciate this fun fact if they hear it. So shout out to family and friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, My walk-up song, if I had to choose one, would be I Would Die For You by Prince, (laughs) Uh, which I'm not old enough for that to be my walk-up song, uh, but it's just a true testament in my life. I tell people quite often that I would die for them, so maybe I should tone that down. Uh, But a lot of people know that I have a deep, long-lasting affection for Prince, and so (laughs) I Would Die For You would be my my walk-up song. I love that. I'm going to have to have you sing that for me when we're done with this. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe maybe not on the microphone. All Mm -hmm. day off mic. Also, listener, you're welcome for not (laughs) bursting by that. Uh, But yes, off mic, I'd be more than happy. Uh Uh-huh. Um, also, if anyone listening wants to hear it, just DM me. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, find me on Instagram, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll talk about it. Just post a recording of yourself singing. Sure. Well, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what the stories, what the stories <laughs> hold. <laughs> also with me today is Lindsay Horton. And um, Lindsay has some three amazing kiddos, and they are super cute, super fun. And I recently learned that she attended a silent disco with her daughter, and so, Lindsay, if you would tell us, if you could choose a silent disco song or your walk-up song for the podcast, if we had one, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, anything at a silent disco has to have an amazing beat. Whatever it is, yeah. I want to be the one that's out there busting a move, rocking on the mm. dance floor. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I just want it to have a good beat so I can move. Walk-up song... I don't even know. You know, all I listen to in my car every day, all day, and in my house is children's music. Mm. I get Daniel Tiger songs nope. stuck in my head on repeat. Nope. I love that hard for pass. you. <laughs> yeah, I love that for you as a non-parent. I, I can't wait to go I mean, on that there journey. are some pretty good ones. There are. But no, yeah. if I had to pick up my pick my own song, I think probably something by Pat Green. Oh, some nice. Some good Texas okay. country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is very Texas country. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that suits you, too. I think that's <laughs> Well, let's talk about some spiritual disciplines. I know for me, growing in my faith has been, um, I mean, I think it's a challenge for all of us, right? And that's kind of the point is that this is not something that we stumble into. It's not something that is just, just happens to us randomly, but spiritual disciplines are designed to help us to grow in godliness. 
um, as we practice them for our whole time on this earth. Um, I say that. I would love for this to be an encouraging conversation where we realize that (laughs) there are good things that God gives us to be able to do. Um, So I'd love to know what comes to mind when you think of spiritual disciplines. This might be a new topic uh, for any of us. So what are what other spiritual disciplines that you think about? Yeah, for me, I know there are so many different spiritual disciplines, but the the first ones that really come to mind for me are definitely prayer, both personal prayer and corporate prayer. Um, um, worship, worship mm-hmm. by myself, also worship with other people, um, fasting, scripture reading, scripture meditation, just spending mm-hmm. time in God's word and with God. Those would probably be the the first ones that come to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you hit a lot of them. And I think too, as as we start this convo, I think it's so easy to, when you hear the term spiritual disciplines, everyone goes to a certain place in their mind of either, I have no idea what you're talking about, or they have a very specific um, thought that comes. And I, I'm glad that we're kind of defining from the start, oh, this is what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. I think for me, some that are top of mind, I think Lindsay hit a lot of them. Um, but I think a lot about confession. I think that's one that's hard for me to do. Um, but I am a big people person. And so I love doing life in community. And I think confession um, has to be a big part of that, even when I don't want it to be. Um, and as a rule follower to a fault, I think about the ones I'm bad at, unfortunately, oh, sometimes, yeah. um, which I, I think we'll talk about in this conversation of how to fight that and what that can look like and how to have a life-giving relationship with spiritual disciplines. Mm. Um, but another one that comes to mind that I'm sure we'll touch on is um, silence and solitude, which is something that I deeply admire when I see the fruit of that in other people's lives, but it's something I struggle to get into consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Lindsay hit so many really common, um, often thought of spiritual disciplines. And I love that she mentioned there's a personal and a corporate aspect to spiritual disciplines, yeah. which I think is, is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes when we think of spiritual disciplines, we just think about something that we're doing all by ourselves in our room with the door shut yeah. nobody else yeah. is involved. And sometimes that is, I mean, it's hard to practice solitude. You sure, know, sure. <laughs> with yeah. a whole bunch of other Maybe people. Maybe that's why I'm bad at it. But, There's always like 10 people around. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's also important to remember that some of the disciplines are things that we do with other believers because we're meant to do yeah. life as a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. That can be difficult too, I think, because there's a little bit of inhibition, at least for me on my part. I worry sometimes, what if I'm not doing this thing right? Like, sure. what if I'm not praying the right way? What if I'm not confessing the right way? And I think that little nagging voice in my head keeps me from like really experiencing that true vulnerability that it requires to practice a spiritual discipline corporately. Right? Mm. That's a good point. That <clears throat> makes me think too. I I can be easily tempted to struggle with comparison and do. And because I am such a rule follower, I'm like, wait, if I don't do how I've conjured up in my head perfectly right, I'm just not going to do it at all. Hmm. And that comes to play a lot in my time in the Word. I'm like, oh, if it's not first thing in the morning for a half hour and I have my Bible and my journal out and I'm fully articulate, I'm not going to do it, which is honestly a recipe for disaster for me personally. Um, And it's been cool to watch people that I'm in community with interact with spiritual disciplines in a different way. Because I think scripture gives us a baseline for like practice these disciplines. Here's what the fruit of them can look like in your life. But beyond that, I think we're given way more grace and freedom to interact with them than maybe we even give ourselves. Um, And so that's even been a sweet thing that I think I've matured in over the last few years in the realm of spiritual disciplines is 
how I do it doesn't have to look exactly like someone else. Mm. And and watching how someone does it differently can spur me on to maybe do it in that way. Right. Um, which is has been encouraging. And to keep Jesus at the center of it and not that other person or even myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that idea that <clears throat> we all have a little bit of a tendency to put ourselves in the center of this. Yeah. Um, and to think like, well, hmm, I'm not really great at uh, solitude, so <laughs> I'm just going to let that one kind of sit quietly in the background for now. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but that's not really how we're designed, and that's not really how we're best suited to growing in the gospel. Um, yeah. We really need those things, especially the ones that we're not naturally good at to really push us outside of those um, confines that we put around ourselves sometimes. And so I'm grateful that I'm not alone in this. Yeah. I'm really grateful that I'm not alone in it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but also I'm super grateful that God allows me to see that those shortcomings um, are met with grace and that I don't have to be worried about not being good at a certain thing. Um, and I certainly don't need to be letting that hold me back from practicing those. Yeah, yeah and I think we need to keep the purpose in mind as we do spiritual disciplines, that it's mm-hmm. not just trying to do trying to do our discipline really well or mm-hmm. checking off the box or whatever, but that the reason that we're doing this is because we want to pursue being godly, that we want mm-hmm. to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we focus on if we focus on him and on who he's making us into on being more like him, then I think it takes some of the pressure off that it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be just right. It's about my relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. um, and him sanctifying me and growing me and um, just building me up as a as a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have you guys seen your spiritual disciplines change over time? Like as a new believer or somebody who's been walking with the Lord for a while, how have you seen growth in those spiritual disciplines over the years? Um, well, <clears throat> I think I started really um, probably focusing on spiritual disciplines when I was a teenager. I accepted Christ as a child, but... Um, really felt convicted as a teen that I needed to um, be diligent to be in God's Word and just do, you know, some of the things to pursue godliness. And so I really started, I started reading my Bible every day, um, and I said, I want to read my whole Bible through, and I read the whole Bible through, and then I did it, and I said, I'm going to do that again, so I did it again. But then I started realizing that I had gotten to this place of legalism where it was just Mm -hmm. like... I had my, you know, scriptures that I have to read today. I checked my box. I did it. I'm going on with my life. And I realized that it wasn't um, growing that fruit of godliness in me as much because I was just focusing on checking off a box. Um, And so I really had to change my motivations and change my attitude and not feel guilty if, oh my goodness, I didn't read, you know, my certain scriptures that I was supposed to read today and I'm not going to get through the Bible this year or whatever that is. Yeah. just sometimes that means slowing it down and, and not putting pressure on myself to um, achieve a certain mm-hmm. milestone, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my, my spiritual disciplines have changed a lot, I think, as I've grown. Um, my motivations and my attitudes, I think, have shifted. Um, but also as different stages of life, um, you know, what I used to be able to do that worked with my schedule 10 years ago just doesn't work right now. Mm-hmm. As um, you mentioned, I've got three little kids and my life is kind of crazy and there's no quiet in my house. And from <laughs> sunup to sundown, it's just like there's a whole lot of activity. Yeah. Um, and so I used to be really diligent about getting up in the morning and having this time with the Lord. And it was very quiet and peaceful and um, 
you know, structured. Mm-hmm. And then I had kids, and there's no quiet and peace in the morning. And the second <laughs> I'm up, they know I'm up, and they come running down the hall. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, that has changed a lot in the past few years, where I've had to just change my expectations. Mm. And um, sometimes I get my stuff done during nap time. Sometimes it's in the evening. Occasionally it's in the morning, but probably not usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just like in little li- little tidbits of time throughout the day when I find that I have a few moments that I can spend with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has changed a lot. And that was difficult for me to make that shift. Um, I really struggled with that and almost like felt guilty, like, oh my goodness, I have to... I have to get up in the morning and do this. It has to be this certain way, but right. it doesn't have to be that certain mm-hmm. way. Like we go through seasons of life and um, our practice of spiritual disciplines will change and grow with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that. I think you're exactly right. And I think, again, there is so much grace for them to look different because it's not about the box checking. It's about what what in me stirs my affection for the Lord and what helps cultivate my relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. And by focusing on that first and foremost, your spiritual disciplines bleed into the rest of your life where you have healthier relationships interpersonally when your relationship with the Lord is healthier. And and I think one of my favorite things, as I've gotten older, I've been, similar to Lindsay, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I, by God's grace, grew up in the church, and I had a lot of spiritual disciplines modeled really well for me. Um, What comes to mind specifically, I think, is corporate worship and making that a priority and realizing by saying yes to those things meant saying no to other things, Mm -hmm. um, which I think that's what priorities come down to. Um, And so it was sweet to have that modeled and to have prayer modeled and to have um, just even fruits of the Spirit modeled too, which it's like, well, where do those come from? And it's like, well, that's the Holy Spirit in you, which is cultivated by your spiritual disciplines. I think as I've gotten older, I, I have a similar story, Lizzie. It's funny you bring that up. When I was a teenager, I got saved when I was seven. But then as I started entering into my teenage years, I was like, oh, I should I should read my Bible. Like, <laughs> I, that's a thing I should do for me and the Lord, not for my parents, not for my Sunday school teacher, not for my mm-hmm. youth director. I should just be in the Word. And it scared me. Like, I, I got into like, I was like, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's a book. I'm going to start in the front. I'm going to read all the way to the back. <laughs> um, and for a new believer or a young believer— yeah. That's hard, yeah. and that's scary. And I think, in retrospect, I wasn't wise enough to know this at the time. It, that produced a lot of guilt and shame then. Mm. Um, but now as a young adult who, by God's grace, again, has been walking with Jesus for a really long time, I look back and I'm like, I think my heart was in the right place, but I tried to do it alone, and mm. I did it lacking so much wisdom of how to interact with Scripture well yeah. and and did it so legalistically that that actually hurt more than it helped. Mm. Um, but other disciplines, I think, uh, supplemented that, like my prayer life and time in community and things like that. Um, and the same is true now as a young adult. I think discipline is such a harsh word in our right. culture today. Like discipline means, yeah. oh, you did something wrong or, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Tim Keller. Don't quote me on that. Maybe we'll cut this part out. But uh, <laughs> disciplines are also known as means of grace. Mm. And I tell people all the time, you know, I think God, uh, like if you have a conversation with someone who's either doubting their faith or doubting Jesus or isn't a believer at all, they're like, oh, well, God is cruel or mean or narcissistic. And I'm like, well, 
I disagree because I think the way he designed things, including the disciplines, is none of them contradict each other. Like you're not going to read one thing in scripture that contradicts the other, mm. and you're not going to do another, a discipline that doesn't help you do another discipline. And I've seen that play out in my life, and I've been encouraged by watching people I'm in community with that are really strong in a certain discipline, and it encourages me. Um, and so I would say in this season of my life, it's been sweet to enjoy more consistent time in the Word than I did when I was younger. And it's sweet to go to confession a little more easily than I used to. Or, mm-hmm. um, But disciplines also, I think, and this isn't wrong or bad, like Christianity is uncomfortable and it is yeah. um, kind of anti-cultural. Like we're meant to stand out and be set apart. And I think the spiritual disciplines help us do that. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. That was a bit of a tangent. But I don't really I care if it did. It was great. So, well, and one of the things you said a few minutes ago, um, I just want to come back to you. You said when you say yes to the spiritual disciplines, it means saying no to something else. Yeah. And I think that's so important. That's true with any of the decisions that we make. I yeah. mean, we make, I don't know, thousands of decisions every day about how we're going to fill our time. What are we going to do? And I think if you were to ask most people, most people would probably say, well, I just don't have time. You know, like I'm just so sure. busy. And we are. Like we're busy. But how are we filling our days? You know, if I think we look long yeah. long and hard at what we're doing, we probably spend a lot of time on our phones or, mm-hmm. you know, flipping through Netflix or whatever that, um, you know, we could be spending that time a different way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we say yes to the spiritual disciplines, yeah, that means we're going to have to say no to some other things in our lives. And sometimes that means restructuring and reorienting our lives and really taking a hard look at like, how am I spending my time and what is producing fruit in my life mm-hmm. that's positive and what's maybe not producing good fruit in my life. And um, so, yeah, saying yes to spiritual disciplines means sometimes saying no to some other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great question to ask of what's producing good fruit and what's maybe producing negativity or discontentment. And yeah. am I willing to cut those things out? Right. Mm-hmm. And it is a sacrifice. Like it's something that I think for me, I can mistake something that brings me happiness with something that really brings me fruit or joy. Mm, that's um, a good distinction. When I, there's, we talk about a spiritual discipline of accountability. Like there's a question that we ask each other in my accountability group that says, what have you included in your life that robs you of your desire for Christ? Mm. And then there's another one that's similar, but it flips it and it says, what can you include in your life that, I cannot get to say it right, but it brings your desire for Christ, helps you desire Christ more, basically. Yeah, that's like, great. Like what, what yeah. encourages your worship. What a powerful question. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to answer. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard but thing to answer. But it makes you answer. think. Yeah. Because if we don't, if we don't stop and think, then we're just going to continue spinning our wheels and really mm-hmm. finding ourselves at, and with a lack of discipline. Right. And yeah. and our days will be busy, but they yes. might not be fruitful. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And nobody wants to live a life that's not disciplined. I mean, yeah. I you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said that we don't like to hear the word discipline. We yeah. think of it as an, a negative thing. But if you think about the act of like preparing for something, you have to be disciplined. You have to study for an exam. You need those things in there so that you'll be prepared for the good things that are ahead. Yeah. And, you know, if we look in the New Testament, um, in numerous places, the Apostle Paul and others talk about um, training or talk about, you know, running a race with perseverance or, you know, we're, we're training for godliness. It's not something that happens accidentally. It is something that we have to work at. Um, 
and I, th- I've run, I, I'm not going to call myself a runner. You can, because you should, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I'm you not going to be winning any races, but I run a lot of them. Um, but you know, I can't just wake up tomorrow morning and go out and run a marathon. I have to train for that. Yeah. Um, and I think the same is said for godliness. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be godly. Right. Mm. I'm not just going to be like Jesus unless I'm training, unless I'm running the race, right. unless I'm being disciplined in the things that are going to help me be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more you do good, healthy things, the more you will crave good, healthy things. And Absolutely. what I love about that too is that's not just true spiritually. That's true of our physical selves, our mental selves, our emotional selves. Like when you say yes to good and healthy things and even God honoring things, you're going to crave more of the same. So mm-hmm. if I cut out sweets or cut out social media, I'm going to crave it less. And when I replace it, because it's not just about, Christianity is not about do this, don't do this. I think we lose that a lot, especially in the American church. It's, Mm -hmm. um, I think we're so focused on like, hey, look different in this way. And we've turned the gospel into behavior modification. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're saying. I think, I think too, that was kind of the tangent I was about to go on a minute ago when I mentioned, you know, God's not a narcissist and he's not cruel and mean. Like he delights in giving us more of himself. Mm-hmm. And even even if you're listening to this and you're not a believer and you're like, man, what am I missing? Like I I feel empty or I can't seem to get over X, Y, or Z or I am spinning my wheels. Mm-hmm. It's because you were designed because you're a human. God created you and breathed life into you to make much of him. Yes. And because you have free will, you can choose not to. But the way I describe it is I believe we were all essentially created with what I describe as a God-shaped hole. And because you have free will, you can fill that hole with whatever you want. You can put a relationship in there. You can put a job. You can put money. You can put whatever your heart's desire. But until you put the Lord there, you're never going to be satisfied. And I think the spiritual disciplines help us cultivate that. Mm-hmm. Because to Lindsay's point, it, good things lead to good things. It's like training helps you grow and mature and, and be better at something and what spiritual disciplines help you be better at is it helps you make it it makes you want more of Christ and he delights in giving himself to you. He is not stingy. He is not far off. He is not arms crossed and check these boxes, Brooke, and then you can have it. It's like, no, I'm it is freely available to you and you are the only one keeping yourself from it. Yeah. Um and I I'm almost moved to tears when I think about, man, when I sit with the Lord and when I'm quick to be quiet and I'm slow to speak and I'm slow to anger and I'm, I want to confess and I want to prioritize corporate worship and I want to pray often and I want to pray for others, it, it gives me more of Christ, which is, that's what I was designed to do. Like, my body is like a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's, that is unfathomable. Yeah. Um, but it's so sweet to know that the more I do it, the more of Jesus that I will see. Mm. And that is the only thing that will bring me ultimate fulfillment and joy and rest and peace and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll only be fully realized in eternity, but you can have a taste of it now by saying yes to Christ. And the spiritual disciplines are just a, say, a way to say yes to more of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of those good fruits that you've been able to see as a result of practicing spiritual disciplines over the years? I'm going to try not to cry when you'll say it because that, <laughs> this is a good, it's a good thing to dwell on, I think, to see what the, what the Lord has done and remember it. Um, I think for me, um, good fruit I've seen through spiritual dis- disciplines in my life. Um, 
I think one, um, just to be totally honest, as a people pleaser and as an achiever, as someone who um, is very lovingly called out <laughs> on that pretty consistently <laughs> in my community, um, praise God, um, I think sitting in, um, I mentioned earlier, I, I struggle to do science and solitude, and that's one I'm actually kind of trying to focus on in this season of my life of just I have the time and I have the means, so like the only reason I'm not doing it is disobedience. Um, and I think that is just a sweet reminder that God doesn't need me. Hmm. And me not being needed is not a bad thing. It's not me being self-deprecating. It's me having a proper theology. Right. That God doesn't need me, but He invites me into things. And science and solitude forces me to shut out all the other influences that tell me that I'm needed. Mm -hmm. Because that's not true. I think I'm wanted. I think I'm loved. I think I'm seen and known in those wonderful things by the Lord first and foremost, but also by people in my life. But praise God, I'm not needed. Right. Um, and so everything kind of feels like a bonus as opposed to an obligation. Mm -hmm. um, I think, too, I've seen the Lord answer radical, radical prayers in my life. Um, a big part of my story is, um, I mentioned earlier, I got saved at a really young age and then kind of struggled with my faith in my teenage years. And then as I matured in my faith, I tell people, I believe I was saved when I was seven, but I fell in love with Jesus when I was 17 years old. And so going into my last couple of years of high school, I realized, wait a second, I don't really have deep biblical community amongst my peers. Mm -hmm. I have friends that are believers and I'm a believer, but I don't have like the enriching community that scripture talks about. Yeah. And I remember as a junior in high school praying and like crying and being mm -hmm. like, Jesus, you just give me one friend. You give me one godly friend and I'll be the best friend they ever had. Their people will be my people. <laughs> their God will be my God. Like I'm on their team forever. Yeah. And I prayed that prayer literally all every single day. And I think the Lord cultivated the discipline of prayer through that desire. Mm -hmm. And my, it's been a long time ago now, but my sophomore year of college, I met my best friends. And to this day, those women, um, even over long distance and over marriages and having kiddos and going into different seasons of life, those women walk with me deeply and, and know me well and love me well. Um, and that has been such a picture of grace in my life. And so I could go on and on, but I'm, um, I think those are just a couple examples of fruit I've seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's so many examples. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I have experienced in my life as a result of my spiritual disciplines, which may sound not like a great thing at first, but but really of being convicted of, of sins. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. through that, God has changed me. Um, like one of the things that I have struggled with, I'll just be real honest, is pride. Yeah. I have a tendency toward pridefulness. And through the time that I've spent in prayer and in um, quietness before the Lord and in studying His Word, like He has convicted me um, and called me out on it and really made me say no to some things that I really wanted to do and kind of changed the trajectory of my life, I would say, mm. um, to kind of have me going away that I would not have chosen for myself. Mm -hmm. But it's better. You know, yeah. when, when God calls me out and convicts me of my sin because of my spiritual disciplines, He gives me something that's better. Mm -hmm. um, and my life becomes better because of how He's changed me. And um, and and just, um, yeah, He's just... He's just changed me. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I've seen in prayer is how um, 
earlier on, I guess, as a believer, I kind of, without realizing it, I kind of had this mindset of, okay, I'm doing these right things for God. You know, I'm following Mm -hmm. Him. I'm trying to be obedient. I'm a pretty good person, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I'm going to pray for some good things, not bad things, like good things, and I feel like God should give me those things because, you know... The logic's there. Right? You know, so that used to seem very logical to me, and then when God didn't give me those things, it was kind of like... did hey, you, did you miss the memo? I, like, <laughs> come on, like, like, I'm doing my do part, you man. see the things that I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and just through the long practice of prayer, God has shown me hmm. uh, the error of my thinking, <laughs> but also He changes my prayers to be hmm. more in line with Him. Um, he changes my heart and my desires to desire what He desires. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm always, that I always desire what God desires, but I have seen that change in my life where I can now more so honestly come before the Lord and pray for His will in my life, knowing because I've grown in Him, you know, grown through all these spiritual disciplines, I know that He wants what's best for me. I know that He loves me. I know that He's got plans and that His way is always better than my way. And so I've just seen myself grow in that to where I can just pray and trust in the Mm -hmm. Lord, however He responds to my prayer. That's so good. I'm going to need that to be like crocheted in something and put above my bed because I need (laughs) that constant reminder. This this very morning, this is a true story that I was talking with my youngest about something that he was really struggling with. And I was thinking about discipline because I knew I was going to be talking about it today. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, remind me that you have such good things for me when I am disobedient because mm, yeah. I mean, those are the words that are pouring out of my mouth. Like, I want, I don't you see, son? Like, I want these good things for you. And there's a yeah. wealth, there's a bountiful harvest of good things for you when you trust that I that I have those for you. Yeah. Right. But when you don't and you disobey, um, it's you don't get to have those good things and it breaks my heart. And then I think about, wow, Camille, mm. that is exactly <laughs> like the Lord's heart for you. Like right. he has yeah. such good things for you. And when we engage in those disciplines and when I come to him in prayer humbly, when I spend time in solitude and I and I connect with him and worship him and bow at his feet in those ways that he's designed me for, I get to have that bountiful harvest. Right. And then when I choose not to do it, when I choose to fill my day with all the other busy things, um, I'm just robbing myself of the good things that he's got for me. I gotta I need to view myself as a four-year-old a lot more <laughs> often than I do currently. Um so what are what are some of those things? Because I I struggle hard with solitude. I struggle a lot with prayer and with legalism as well. What are some, and because I don't want to feel so bad about myself, I want you guys to join in with me on this, but um, what are some of those disciplines that maybe you've struggled with in the past that you've seen the Lord really help you to develop? Well, fasting, I think, has been one for sure that I've struggled with um, and kind of have gone through seasons where I've done it and where I haven't and mm-hmm. um, have gotten legalistic about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I stopped fasting for a long time, <clears throat> excuse me, really because I started having babies and I was like, well, I've given up everything anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you can't eat or drink anything when you're pregnant and then you can't eat or drink anything when you're nursing yes. a baby and then you mm-hmm. have another one. And I'm like, you know, why would I fast? I've given up so much. But 
Um, God, I don't even know if this is getting to where your your question I was. I like where you're going either way. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, but anyway, God really changed my heart on that and helped me realize, you know, that when we give something up, it helps me realize um, what I'm relying on that's mm. not God. That's mm. And I rely on a lot of things to get me through my day, you know, whatever that is, mm-hmm. things that I don't even realize, but like, you know, I tell myself I need my cup of coffee or mm-hmm. I need my, you know, my 30-minute jog away from the kids and away from everyone or I need yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I choose to fast from something, I realize I don't need all of the things that I've been relying on. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the one I need. He's the one who fills me up like nothing else is going to fill me up. Yeah. Um, and so... Fasting has been one that that I've struggled with and has kind of ebbed and flowed mm-hmm. throughout my life, but that God has really used to show me some things. Yeah. 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 I think I've talked a lot about um, time in the Word and prayer and science and solitude, just because those are some that have had really high highs and really low lows in my walk with the Lord. But other ones that come to mind that are more recent, I would say that I've seen a difference in um, that maybe I'd... I've struggled with in the past or or still do a little bit is the idea of giving and serving. I think mm-hmm. those are spiritual disciplines as well. Yeah. Um, I think they maybe don't get as thought about as much. I think we're very tempted to go to the spiritual disciplines that we do on our own. Yeah. Um, and giving and serving can be something I think you do you do privately. And I think scripture in the New Testament especially does talk a lot about you don't want to give pridefully or to be seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I had a very legalistic, narrow um, understanding and view of giving for a really long time. And when I think of giving, I think of generosity. Um, and I think I, and this is not to uh, get us out of, of tithing and giving faithfully in that way, but I think giving and being generous is so much more than financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've enjoyed, the Lord brought that to mind several months ago, just in my time with the Lord um, I was reading, um, I was spending some time in the Old Testament and in the New Testament Testament, kind of simultaneously. Um, and I remember I was reading in Matthew about the Pharisees and how they, they gave to be seen, basically. But then you're, you're reading in the Old Testament just how many laws people had to follow to, mm. to be holy enough to interact with the Lord and mm-hmm. before Jesus was on the scene. And it's such a beautiful picture of, of man, like God made a way for me to interact with Him fully and to give, yeah. um, but giving isn't just financial. So I think you can be generous and you can give with your time. Mm-hmm. I think you can be generous with your opinion and your words. Mm. Um, I think there are different ways to be generous um, than just financially. Um, and I think if it costs you something and it takes discipline, like that is you practicing. If it's in the name of the Lord and for the glory of Him and for the building of His kingdom, mm. I think that is you practicing that spiritual discipline of giving. Um, and that's been something sweet to just take myself out of the equation a little bit and give in a way that cost me. Yeah. And sometimes that is financial, to be honest. Um, but sometimes it's it's in other ways, too. And I think that goes hand in hand with serving as well, which is something I um, haven't done as much. But in, but in praying and, and actively taking steps to, to step more into service opportunities mm-hmm. um, as a way to carry out that spiritual discipline. Yeah. Yeah, so Brooke, you talking about the giving and the serving just um, reminds me, it makes me think that there are seasons in life when 
we're giving and it brings us so much joy or Mm -hmm. we're serving and we just feel so much gladness in that serving or any of the spiritual disciplines, whether it's Mm -hmm. praying or, you know, spending time in God's word or whatever. And we just feel so joyful about it and filled up and um, it just makes us feel wonderful. And then I think we go through seasons where we just feel really dry Mm -hmm. and where we're not, we don't have the same feelings of happiness or joy or, you know, fulfillment or whatever that is. Um, but that's why it's a spiritual discipline, you know, because mm. we don't base our faith on our feelings. Right. We don't base our actions and the things that we do on how we feel. Um, and so I think we go through seasons and and we will go through some dry seasons in our spiritual lives. It's just inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we continue with those spiritual disciplines because we trust and we know that God is still working. Um, even when we can't feel Him and even mm-hmm. when we can't see Him working, we trust that He is um, through the dry seasons and trusting that He's going to bring us through those dry seasons. Mm. You know, we will experience that joy again in our giving or serving or scripture reading or worship or whatever. Right. Um, but we just continue to be disciplined. We continue to persevere mm. um, with whatever it is as we trust the Lord. Yeah. 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 I. I mean, I can picture myself on many, many, many days, like opening my Bible because it's just something that I knew I needed to do or like going into corporate worship. And I hate that that's something that, you know, I would do begrudgingly or even with a poor attitude or a wrong motivation, but I think we've all been there. And it's amazing that the Lord allows me on some of those days in those, that very same day to come away from that with like tears in my eyes because... I mean, how sweet that we get to do that. How sweet that we get to experience that, not only with him, but with each other. Um, And it's so great that he, um, on those days, allows like a change of heart that quickly. And I know it's Mm. not me. I know it's not because I sang so beautifully. That's not the case 100%. (laughs) But I mean, it's just because of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he knows our hearts so well, and he desires so much for us to, to long for him and to have those desires cultivated over time. Um, and that's not to say that every day is like that. I've also had those days where I've opened my Bible because I needed to, and I closed it and said, <laughs> all right, same thing tomorrow, same time, yeah. same place. Right. Um, but that's that's the idea, Lindsay, is that it is same time, same place. Like, I'm going to keep going because you said it was good, and what you say is true. Right. Mm. And we hide God's Word in our heart, even in those seasons, so mm. that it's there in the future. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask, um, what, what about your understanding of God or even your understanding of yourself has changed over time? Because I think ultimately what we're getting at is, yes, we get to do this together. Yes, it's a practice. No, we don't fall into it by accident. But ultimately, like we should all be learning who we are as God's creation and who He is as our Creator. So what do you think you've learned about the Lord or about yourself? <laughs> uh, Brooke, you want to take we're, this? We're laughing because we've, we've <laughs> talked about this off mic, and Lindsay and I described ourselves similar ways without knowing each other. And something to answer your <clears throat> question, Camille, of what spiritual disciplines have taught me is that I'm a wretched sinner. Um, and specifically, I'm just a, wretched is the word I'm using very specifically. Um, and maybe someone's listening to this and like, oh my gosh, like I've said that to people before. And they're like, okay, bro, chill. Like, Take it down a notch. You're not that bad. I'm like, have you read your Bible? Like I am, I am the worst. Um, I tell people all the time, my favorite passage in 
all of Scripture is 1 Timothy 1, verses 14 through 17. And that's where Paul writes that he's the worst of sinners. Mm. And that's why Christ came into the world, yeah. was to save sinners like him. And I'm like, I raise both hands. And I'm like, yep, praise God. That's my verse. It's like, oh, like, there's no condemnation. And oh, all these beautiful verses. I'm like, nope, that one. Like, <laughs> I am the worst of sinners. You picked the wretched um, sinner verse. <laughs> yes. And... um I say that all the time, and sometimes it shocks people because another thing I say is something else that my walk with the Lord has taught me is that I'm God's favorite, and I hold mm. the reality and the truth that I'm the most wretched of sinners and that I'm God's favorite with the exact same amount of tension. Like, yeah. those truths both ring true in my life on a very equal playing field, mm. and maybe that sounds crazy or, like, it doesn't make sense, Um Maybe someone's listening to this and like, oh, I identify with one of those statements, but not the other on either end of that spectrum. But I think something the disciplines has shown me is that the best place to, because everything we do is, as humans, I believe, can be put on a spectrum of like, we all sway one way or the other. It's like one extreme or the other, and maybe at a different part on the scale. But Christ left the perfect example that is like the sweet middle ground where like total obedience and total peace exist. And so I think... Maybe one end of that spectrum is like, man, I can do no wrong. I'm the best. Look at me. And the other end of that spectrum is, woe is me. My sin is ever before me. It's like David in the Psalms. And it's like, my bones are soft within me and my <laughs> enemy surrounds me. And God, you have forsaken me and turned your face away. And it's like, yeah. well, a healthy middle ground of that is like, man, I am the worst because I, I see my sin for what it is. And it's wretched and it's nasty and it causes separation from the Lord. Is And any sin, I don't care what it is, if it's pride, um, if it's, and I think, unfortunately, we've fallen into this practice of, I think we like to put sin in a box and maybe categorize it of like, oh, right. that one's not as bad. Right. But I think something time in the Word has taught me and even confession and a lot of disciplines we've talked about today, it has shown me that all sin is equal because it has the same effect. And that's mm-hmm. that it causes separation between me and the Lord and it makes me incapable of approaching a holy God. Now, because of Jesus, I still can, and there is grace and forgiveness and all of those wonderful things. And so I try to hold that tension of, I'm the worst of sinners, and that's not self-deprecating, and that's not to be self-defeating, but it's to view myself rightly so that I appreciate Jesus more for what He takes in me as a wretched sinner and what He makes good and what He calls good, Mm -hmm. Um, and the ability that I can feel seen, known, and loved by the Creator of the universe, not because of what I do, but because of what He did for me and my acceptance of that gift. And so the spiritual disciplines help me know, man, I, the spiritual disciplines help me hate my sin, and they help me love Christ more. And that's where I think those two spectrums need to, like, get to the middle, is, like, I don't hate myself. I hate my sin. Mm -hmm. I think my sin's really ugly. Um, my sin mourns the heart of God, so if I'm a follower of Christ, it should mourn me. Um, but also, I can walk in full confidence of like, man, I am loved, and grace abounds not to be abused, but to be responded to. Mm. Um, and so, um, I want Lindsay to talk on this too because we <laughs> use the term together. But you know, it's also that that picture of um, shout out to Ryan McCarthy. He's on our soul care staff here at Christ Chapel, and he he was the first person. I don't think this is a Ryan original. Sorry, Ryan, you can uh, <laughs> quote me. Uh, we can make sure the right person gets the credit. But he, one of the first times I ever heard Ryan teach, he used this image of um, he drew two lines going in opposite directions. So one is trending up at an angle, and one is trending 
down. And so think of like an obtuse angle. And so the lines are constantly diverging. And so the gap between each line gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And that is a picture of, man, as I grow and mature as a believer and walk with Jesus longer, I become more and more aware and more and more sensitive to my sin. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And so that that's the upward trending line of like, or that's the downward trending line, excuse me, of man, I am the worst. Like I am so low. Look at my sin down, 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 down. But the line that trends upward is as I grow mature in, in my faith and practicing spiritual disciplines and all those things, it's like, oh, my awareness and affection for and understanding of who God is grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And and the the cross covers that gap always. I think I'm saying that right. I hope I'm not butchering that picture. I, I've seen it before, and I, um, I think that's a good description. I think that's it, though. Yeah. But the two lines of like, man, Christ is so holy and so unapproachable and so magnificent, I am not worthy. That's the trending up line. And the trending down line is, oh, my sin is ever before me, blah, 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 blah. And the gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you spiritually mature, but the cross will always cover the gap. Mm. And so Ryan would draw the cross between the two lines to connect them. Yeah. And that's what spiritual disciplines have shown me, that mm. I'm the worst of sinners, but God also makes me feel like I'm his favorite. And he can do that for you too. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, you haven't met God's favorite of like, oh, it's Brooke Seal, I found her. No, 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 <laughs> don't. That's not it. I have plenty of people to back me up. Um, but that can be true for you too. You can hold both of those truths mm-hmm. in like equal weight in your life of, man, God loves me intimately and deeply and eternally. And man, my my sin is messy and my sin could separate me from him if it weren't for Christ. And so it's not that it's a slap on the wrist and like a behavior modification, but it's it's a relationship that is constantly cultivated because I realize my need for Jesus. And then when he meets me in that and gives himself to me, it stirs my affection for him, yeah. which makes me want to pursue him more. Mm-hmm. And so that's a constant thing. And that's, that's, a, that's been a big takeaway of mine to answer your question. <clears throat> that's beautiful. So when I met Brooke, when I met you a week ago, <laughs> I knew that we were going to be friends yes. and get along because we both used the word wretched. Yeah, sinner. <laughs> Which is a Not very specific, sinner. like powerful word. That's yeah. some so like funny, old school theology. I had jotted down some notes and you know, literally had written down the words wretched sinner. And then Brooke starts talking and she's talking about how she's such a wretched sinner. And I'm looking at my paper and I'm like, oh, <gasps> me, me too. We're <laughs> wretched sinner too. We're going to be yeah. such good friends because yeah. we're wretched sinners. We have sinners so much together. in common. Yeah. <laughs> we have so That's much my in baseline. Common. That's my baseline for friends. I'm like, are are you a wretched sinner? Let's hang out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that is how I the spiritual disciplines have changed me. I spend time in God's Word. I spend time with God, um, and I see so clearly what a wretched sinner I am. <laughs> yeah. And I told y'all already that I have struggled with pride, so it's real easy for me to you know, look around me and see what's going on in the world or see what other people are doing and pat myself on the back and say, oh, you know, you're doing pretty good. Like, your life is pretty good. You're doing some mm-hmm. good things. You know, it's it's just all too easy for me to pat myself on the back until I go before a holy God. Mm-hmm. And I spend time with a holy God, and I cannot do that anymore because I can see so clearly what a wretched sinner I am. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm messed up, and... um. God shows me how messed up I am, which does sound at first, you know, you think, well, gosh, that sounds so depressing. Like yeah. you go before God and you realize you're a really messed up person and you're a horrible sinner. And but it's not. It's beautiful because yeah. He shows me how much love He has for me, how much grace and mercy is just waiting there for me. 
um, and what Jesus did for me. So the spiritual disciplines bring me to my knees in Mm. gratitude Mm. for what God has done for me because I am the worst of sinners, but yet He loves me so much that He has brought me into His family, that He's made me His own, and there is so much joy in that. Yeah. So it's just amazing how we go before the Lord with these spiritual disciplines, and He shows us the harsh reality of ourselves, but then the amazing beauty mm. of Him and how He just covers us with that yeah, that love and that grace and mercy. And it's just, it, it is totally life-transforming. You cannot walk away from that unchanged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to end our time before I start just weeping because <laughs> you guys are reminding me so much of just how amazing God is that we get to do these things, um, that He loves us enough to engage in discipline with us. Like, mm. He, what a great gift. What a great God we serve. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing with me and sharing your lives with me for 45 minutes or so. Um, and I'm just going to thank God that we get to do this. Lord, thank you so much for being with us, for being near to us, for caring about us, for seeing us and knowing us. You created us to know you, and you gave us your perfect word. You gave us your perfect son, and you give us your spirit to enable us to respond to your kindness with repentance, and you bring us closer to you every time that we humble ourselves, that you humble us. Um, That is a gift in itself, Lord. Um, Thank you so much that we get to engage in spiritual disciplines with you um, and that you perfectly fill every one of our needs um, with your perfect character. Um, I ask that our words would be encouraging, that we would honor you um, when we come to you in prayer and when we engage in worship. Um, when we practice fasting and all of these things, we ask that they would be for your glory and for our good. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.